0: Some of your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family.
1: presentation with mike and ethan or elf will not be seen tonight we are doing part two today of the of the adventures of mark twain the claymation feature from 1985 featuring will vinton's claymation and uh mark twain's writings and a whole lot of morose
0: yeah man this is this is a real downer this whole thing Turns out, I mean, I know that we like to think of Mark Twain as, you know, that funny man with a mustache who said the funny things all the time, and oh, the folksy sayings. But it turns out, turns out he he was depressed. Yeah. He, he had problems. This he, this movie
1: he, is a real exploration of his character, as much as you can get from his writings.
0: Yeah, um, Mark Twain is as as the children would say, he's relatable today yeah. he would be he would be lots of memes about you know that feeling when uh because <laughs> it's it's sad he um yeah. I just hold mark, up
1: a big mark, hold up the cover of the damned human race and say this
0: yeah mark mark twain is like with the damn humor so i don't even have, he's like he doesn't he doesn't even have the spoons he does not He's lost the ability he cannot even he's lost the ability to even <laughs> Anyway, Mark Twain, ladies and gentlemen. Yes,
1: he cannot the diary of Adam and Eve. <laughs>
0: nice. I'm sorry. when We're t- doing this Mark Mark Twain in like Tumblr speak. I'm just thinking now that like that that you know that that meme that goes around where it's like Thomas Jefferson, where it's as the uh, uh, black trans man. You know <laughs> what? There's like some some I don't know if this who did this, but there's someone who's got one of those like oh I'm gonna I have an AU where it's all the founding fathers, but like they're like hanging out together and being pals at like I don't know an art school or something, and their Thomas Jefferson is like Thomas Jefferson, uh, he's a black trans man who uh, loves anime,
1: and um... people are
0: all like this is not good
1: that, that is the opposite of good that is i mean that i how can you turn someone into a black trans man and still whitewash them
0: yeah but i'm thinking like oh that i feel like just uh, the mark twain mark twain should just be in there and it's like he's a small being who's often depressed but he loves to give his friends love and support juice <laughs> Anyway, and, yeah. let's get back. Yes, yeah, back so to Mark Twain.
1: Last we saw, last we saw of our heroes are the children had all been, the children uh, Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, and Becky Thatcher, who are assisting Mark Twain on his journey to meet Haley's Comet, and what he's going to do there is a surprise. And on his incredible, fantastical flying balloon that looks like it looks, it reminds me of Howl's Moving Castle in a lot of ways. In this design. Yeah,
0: yeah. I can see that.
1: Yes. Um, they have lost faith in him, and he and they think he's lost faith in them because they've had a an encounter with a different, you know, a different facet of his personality, a mirror version of him that has uh, been helping them from behind the scenes, and they don't realize that there's two Twains on board. But as it turns out, there might actually be three.
0: So... Right, because... Now, do they meet the third Twain, or do they... Is there
1: something... I don't think they they do, no. Uh, Because this is... Returning from the the Mysterious Stranger, we have the scene with the Dark Knight of the Soul for the kids, where Tom has said, you know, I don't trust this suicidal madman to bring us home. (laughs) We need to... We need a plan. Yes. Yes. And, you know, that's when he comes up with his, you know, cousin Larry, I have a
0: plan moment. (laughs) Yeah. And they're going to, their plan is to hijack the ship. Um, I guess they're going to tie up Mark Twain. They're going to do some, no, they're going to distract him while they do something that will cause the ship to blow up.
1: Yeah. They, they plan, they plan to uh, depower the ship with a, uh, because they know where the uh, main switch box or something is. And as Tom is making this plan, we get this wild scene of of Mark Twain, far from all of them, playing the organ in his study. And he's got this organ made out of, like, melting wax. Or, yeah, it looks like gnomes. It's the gnomes from Return to Oz, and they're all chorusing along with
0: him. This is a very badass organ. I like how the pipes have hands on them, so when he's changing it, they're like moving like flutes, like yeah. hands on a flute. It's and pretty good.
1: You see and you even see the you know, the supports and pillars holding it up, turning into the groaning faces of people who can't bear the weight and
0: it's uh Mark Twain on his
1: hell organ. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, so they're so we, get, we cut to the next morning and they're fly, they're flying over London. I think this is where they fly over London. And uh, Mark Twain is looking through his telescope uh, talking about heaven. And this, this kind of frustrates me because Tom, Tom tries to level with him and he's not listening. He says, Mr. Twain, we're too young to die. And Twain is just looking through his telescope like, hmm, yes, yes, I see. Very nice. And... <laughs> It's it's kind of an idiot plot there because, you know, if he had been listening, then a lot of the trouble they go through in this movie wouldn't have come wouldn't have come up.
0: Yeah, it's like but you know, you, you know what Mark Twain once he's just he's he's um he's uh he's self-absorbed, you know. Yes. He's he's all he's down he's down, he's too much wound up in his own depression to hear what Tom is trying to tell him. Yes.
1: And he's, you know, fascinated with heaven and hell. But he's got this magic balloon that can take him to any of his own worlds. Yeah, if geez. I had that, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to die. I'd be yeah, like,
0: well, okay, what, what kind of awesome world can I envision for myself? Woo! Yeah, that's a good point. If I had a machine, I had a machine and I was like, you know what? Literally, if, if you read a book and this machine can take you into that book like any book it's like well first of all let me tell you this if that if i had that kind of machine i wouldn't waste time writing about some damn frog <laughs> <laughs> i'd like, immediately be like okay so obviously i'm going to write about there's this there's this okay so here it's like there's a world of uh the the um uh, you know world of the exotic green space babes who love purple cats um <laughs> No, like, why? Why would you waste time writing about like, oh yeah, I'm gonna write out this like mysterious stranger who's like a weird, a weird Satan who like kills clay people. No, you dumbass. No, why are you depressed? You keep writing depressed stuff and go visiting depressed lands. Maybe turn that frown upside down. Write something to like get your dick wet. Jeez. Yeah. Write a world where your wife is alive. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you stupid idiot. God. <laughs> Mark Twain, what an idiot! God, yeah. I'm glad I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I feel like we're those we're the kids from you know you know the story about the black pudding, the one the one I do not the, know
0: the story of the black pudding.
1: <laughs> it's the one where a lady gets three, where a guy gets three wishes from a leprechaun or something. And uh, that night at home, his wife said, oh, I saw these black puddings at the butcher. They looked really good. I wish we had one right now. And that uses up one of the wishes. And then he angrily yells, you idiot, you've wasted one of these wishes. I wish that pudding were stuck to the end of your nose. And then they have to wish wish it off. So the three wishes are ruined. But so, yeah, we're like every kid who's like, well, why didn't you just use the third wish to wish for unlimited wishes?
0: Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. You know what? I'm just saying I'm just saying if I were de- if I were depressed because my wife was dead, I would simply write a world where my wife wasn't dead. Yeah, that's healthy, if, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. Hey, let me just say if people in Africa are starving, they should just move to France. I got answers <laughs> for everything.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean French women don't get fat because there's enough food there for everyone.
0: Yeah, that's right. that's the way it works. Oh, what if what if they did get fat though? Oh, Ooh, that would be interesting. Um, hey, that's
1: a that's a story you should write and go. I into. should,
0: and then I'll <laughs> use my machine to go into it. How I uh, yes, um, I actually, you know, uh, that's it, a thing you can do, kids.
1: <laughs> but anyway, so the, the the machine that lets you go into any book you write, it's real, and it's called your imagination.
0: Take a look in a book, reading rainbow, reading rainbow, butterfly in the sky. Anyway, so <laughs> it's Mark Twain,
1: Mark so, yeah. Twain. Now, now, we now that we storm- just basically Stormfield. Scene.
0: Now, I, I like this this big digression. where we're like Mark Twain. Let me. It's like Mark Twain, and we're just just um, just shitting all over his <laughs> his, his his debilitating depression. <laughs> Hey, if you ever get
1: as depressed as Mark Twain, you deserve it.
0: (laughs) We're going to get canceled (laughs) for this. Uh, Actually, no, it's okay. Uh, Sorry. No, no. Actually, you know what? It's okay to shit on Mark Twain's depression because his depression was situational rather than chronic.
1: Oh, okay. All right.
0: So that's okay then. It's totally fine. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Myself. No, it's not fine. I'm. I'm. We're. We're doing a bit, kids.
1: We're doing a bit. Thank God yes. we only have eight listeners. <laughs> uh, something like fifty. But
0: oh shit, <laughs> that we're really in trouble. Yeah, one in Singapore. Hi. Well, here's what I'll do when we do this episode. I just won't splice the audio, so it'll just be you talking to no one, uh, and then no one will notice.
1: Yeah, you did that before. <laughs> Uh, let's see uh, okay. Mark Twain Mark Twain. So Mark Twain Yeah, Mark Twain is And the reason he's been so focused on this telescope While Tom Sawyer is bearing his soul About how they don't want to die Is because he's seen a friend In the space Specifically he has seen his friend Captain Stormalong Who is Racing a comet and Assures him, I am most assuredly Going to heaven And Twain goes, oh, an optimist so, which is, a, I think, the best line of this movie.
0: <laughs> it's a pretty good li- It's a good line. Yes. I mean, it's it's funny because it's it's not really a joke. It's just an, a very understated statement of, of what's going on, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, but that's kind of, that's why it worked. I just realized also, before we go into Captain uh-huh. Stormalong, like, basically what Tom is saying to, um, to uh, Mark Twain, in, in keeping with the Gumby theme, he's basically saying... I don't want to die on the moon. <laughs> anyway, Captain Captain's not Stormwall. Stormfield. Stormfield, yes. Captain Stormfield's
1: Visit to Heaven is another, uh, is another of uh, Twain's stories. And like most of them, this one is cut down to just one scene, but there's a, but the story goes on for a lot longer after this. And I do recommend it. It's very readable. It's, it's a very good picture of uh, Twain's idea of uh, faith and religion. But what we have here is definitely the funniest scene, which is where Stormfield arrives in heaven and they have no idea who he is because he's in the wrong heaven. Yeah, he went to this heaven of these alien, blue <laughs> these, go- these blue aliens. Yeah, these three-headed, slug-tailed aliens who all talk in this incredibly over-the-top gay voice.
0: <laughs> yeah, they all sound like Paul Lynn.
1: Yeah, they they sound like Paul Lind or Charles Nelson Riley and uh, it's and he tries to he tries to make it clear that he's from San Francisco, California, and they're like, We've never heard of these places, but oh well, you know you know, clearly you're in a bind, so just go ahead in. and so this old sea captain heads into Alien Heaven, which is this disco for three-headed aliens. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's pretty sweet. You know, it does, it does look like fun, and the I mean, the aliens everyone's... are
1: boozing it up and smoking and dancing and making out with all three heads at once.
0: Yeah, they're all they're all down to grok. Yeah, because there's uh, one that has a one lady uh, yeah. alien has a shirt that says "down to grok," and I I think interestingly, I think you can very faintly see her nipples through the shirt, which not um, very faintly. Yeah, there's four of them. Yeah, it was actually like, damn, first of all, uh, a lot of attention to detail in in this claymation thing. Uh, secondly, um, damn, this is like this children's claymation special. Um, well, you know, in 1985, I can imagine parents being like, yeah, we, we're fine with like this depressed Mark Twain suicide mission, but these nipples are a bridge too far. <laughs> actually, since that. it was 1985, a lot of them were probably like, well, we don't like this. You know, it was it was a kind of the middle of satanic panic so that Mm. whole like Satan mysterious stranger thing might not have gone over too well if parents were paying attention too. yes but
1: parents didn't always pay attention in fact they very infrequently did I think that's true rated
0: G well yeah that was a thing back then it was like it's animated it's for kids just you know we need a babysitter
1: like you know like I said they had to put a swear word into Transformers the movie just so parents would come in and uh, see the new toys (laughs) <laughs> oh that's clever it is actually uh the stormfield scene is very accurate except that the aliens actually have fewer heads than in the book they had seven in the text no oh, that's too many heads that is way too many heads and i i understand Uh so he's absolutely horrified and he comes back and he says oh i think i understand that a." A man's got to have his own heaven to be happy, and the aliens are like, "Oh, of course! No, you, you're," and they figure out that he, that because he raced the comet, he got off course, and they uh, give him directions to uh, get to the get to the Earth heaven, where he is immediately, you know, rushed in, and uh, they're, and they're like, "Okay, Halo, Halo size thirteen wings, palm branch, make him out a clean bill of health, and let him in." <laughs> And it looks like an absolute buzzkill compared to Alien Heaven. So, yeah, he well, isn't sure guess... if he made the right decision after all.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you never you never know until it's too too late, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think there was a uh... oh crap, we did a review about him. Oh damn it, uh, the uh, the creator, oh Gay and Wilson. There was a Gay and Wilson cartoon with Heaven, and it's this kind of shoddy place with the wallpaper peeling off where people are messily eating hot dogs and smoking. And somebody says, you
0: know, I thought this place would be a little higher
1: class from all the uh, from all the hubbub down there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I remember the the other, I think it was Gay and Wilson, where where these two guys are in heaven. And one of them's like, yeah, I knew about the halo and the, the wings. Uh, the webbed feet are a surprise though. <laughs> That's and in, I believe uh, that was Gay Wilson. It was yeah. a it was a New Yorker cartoon, one of the very few non desert island or psychiatrist yeah. ones.
1: And a Clippin cartoon had uh, just all these incredibly filthy things happening on clouds with the uh, with the caption "Anything goes in heaven."
0: Well, you know that's it's it's heaven <laughs> by I definition. Anything that happens there has to be good.
1: I, yeah you can't sin anymore by definition so you can do anything you want pretty sweet yeah, yeah like like laugh your heads off at the people being tortured in hell
0: <laughs> uh, I know I will because I'm an optimist too <laughs> I'm
1: optimist prime but...
0: Whoa! so the first one <laughs>
1: I'm the first optimist ever. I'm the optimistic optimist from the letter people. But...
0: <laughs> oh, shit. I remember the letter people. That's a deep cut. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Titanic teeth.
1: <laughs> so now Tom and Huck and Becky go into their plan, which is that they've set up a clock, an alarm clock that is set for a certain time that if they don't get going by that time, the blimp won't make it to the c- comet. They set this alarm clock up to cut a rope that will cause an, a fire axe to fall and smash the main control panel. And this, and I believe it is Huck who says, "Well, why don't we do it now?" And Tom has to point point out to him that no, we have to give the we have to give the time plan to fail, or we have to give the plan time to fail. And he's like, "That's really dumb, but whatever." He's, it is really dumb. I guess he understands the rules of narrative convention. Yeah, I, it's weird. Tom seems to understand the yeah that, yeah he understands literature, but not that he is it that he is literature.
0: That's true. Yeah, that gosh. I mean, yeah, because <laughs> they're in a, a Mark, they're Mark Twain creations. In fact, I mean that's that's mentioned at the end when like yes. When he finally achieves his immortality, because Mark Twain is like you're all immortal because I made you, um, but Mark Twain is in this. So is this all a story that Mark Twain has written, and Mark Twain has written himself into the story? Well,
1: so that that's a good question. Is there another elevator that would lead you out to real life with Samuel Clemens, you know, typing this out in his dying
0: moments with on his typewriter? This this. uh, this entire thing is, um, yeah, this, this entire special is, is just Mark Twain's, uh, you know, dying moments as, <laughs> as his brain fades. The, the DMT trip at the very end of life.
1: His incident at Owl Creek Ridge.
0: Yes. Um, well, yeah, and that maybe, maybe yeah, like we said, the real Mark Twain is at hand, we saw in uh, Adam and Eve. Yeah, entirely possible.
1: Oh. oh, and that's, so the kids go looking for Mark Twain so they can distract him and keep him from uh, getting to the, getting to, from discovering their trap. And they find a room called Mark Twain's Notebook, where he is pontificating at length about how he's going to have the human race drowned again, drowned good this time. No ark.
0: Well, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, hey, once again, he's God in this world. Ah,
1: He doesn't have to abide by the rainbow connection. No.
0: Covenant. Well, that's what they tie him up. Right. And they also want this plan to fail, which is why they put the keys near him.
1: Yes. Only to find that the real uh, Mark Twain is up at the helm because that wasn't really him. It was just a bit of writer's block, he said what a strange thing it's like so i guess you know i guess when you write an essay and then your essay becomes a floor you can visit on your magic literature blimp
0: then it's just you talking oh yeah well that's a downer that's that's a real why even bother
1: (laughs) Uh, oh i mean I'm not going to take all of my five paragraph essays from uh, fifth grade with me on my magic blimp.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can think of a lot of, I can think of a lot of things I'd leave behind.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. I want to visit the world with, uh, with lawn and the critter, but
0: uh... lawn and the critter or your, your Oh shit. <laughs> my <God. laughs> uh, oh my God. Oh my God. I can't believe you remembered Lawn and the Critter. <laughs> Gee, Manise.
1: I am a monster. Uh,
0: have Have we mentioned Lawn and the Critter on this show?
1: A long time ago. You want to tell him about it again?
0: When I was a wee child, I made my own version of Garfield, except I had just heard about the movie Critters. So instead of Garfield, it was a critter. And instead of John it was lawn because lawn rhymes with John. So lawn and the critter was my uh, version of uh, Garfield. Um, Yeah. I don't remember. I do not remember what adventures they had. I think I mostly just redrew Garfield strips with them in it.
1: Yeah. That, that was kind of how, what you do when you're like in second and third grade, you recreate old comics, you know, existing comics with your own characters as sort of, you know a sort of psychological tracing uh, yeah, the only yeah. the only comic that I ever worked that I ever did was it was this one that a friend of mine a friend who I believe listens to this podcast hi Cody who uh he, we were passing it around in class and it said it was called comic book of the blob <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there was this the main character, I guess, was this blob who looked sort of like a UFO. He was just this sort of flat ellipse with a head poking out, and he was always hanging out with this stick figure whose name was Wayne. And I don't know, I don't know where either of these names came from, but uh, but Cody had drawn this cartoon where Wayne said, "Hey, what's the matter? You getting fatter? No, I'm shrinking."
0: <laughs> Oh, that—that's really the blob has been roasted.
1: <laughs> so then I drew the next page, which had Wayne asking the blob, "Where are you going to be for Halloween? A whoopee cushion."
0: <laughs> this is actually—I um, can't judge these. These are actually better jokes than the uh, lawn and the critter had. <laughs> I mean, they are actually based on what what is happening, like the appearance of the blob. So it, it is, <laughs> it, it it is. In context, it makes sense. Unlike you know uh, Lon, who was like, "I'm going to treat this like ravenous hair monster from outer space like it's a cat, <laughs> and just have it sleeping in like a little cat box and like <laughs> talking to a, a Pookie's teddy bear and eating lasagna." And literally, Pookie. Yeah, wasn't l- it was just Lukey. It was a Garfield. It was it was like 100 percent just a Garfield XP. But anyway,
1: um, yeah. Mark Twain. <laughs> Mark Twain, yes. Uh, so, yeah the 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 plan doesn't really work out as far as tying him up, but they do manage to get him distracted when they're down in the den, and they get him to read him the read them the rest of the Diary of Adam and Eve. So it's really interesting that they took this this uh, thirty minute uh, special and broke it up into two halves in this movie.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess, like, the, the beginning half was, like, showing, oh, yeah, Adam and Eve, like, can't stand each other, uh, and they're really, because Eve is super annoying, and also they lost paradise, so it kind of ends on, like, the the, the worst part of their story, and the second half is kind of their, their story of how they find, find their own sort of paradise away from, you know, Eden, and... Yes. Uh, Because we see them basically learning to live together. Um, Adam also eats the apple. and Yeah, he eats uh, the
1: apple and suddenly realizes he's naked. And Eve provides him with clothes and his birthday suit falls off from underneath the clothes. So now he's naked for real beneath his clothes.
0: Yeah. And uh, they have uh, Cain. yeah, they have Kane and they
1: have no idea where he comes from apart from that he suddenly appears nine months after uh, Eve says, would you like to come up and see my etchings?
0: Yeah, and that's co- for the kids out there. That's what people used to say when they were, you know, they were down to down to fuck. That, that was a thing. Now, um, if you
1: actually wanted someone to see
0: your etchings, you were out of luck. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, which is, it's, it's just, you know, hard for all those etchers out yeah. there. I guess.
1: <laughs> Would you like to come up and see my Etch-A-Sketch? <laughs> Would
0: I? <laughs> I'm all for uh, getting
1: turned up, turned upside down and shaking really hard.
0: Oh, I like that kinky stuff. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so Adam is all like, is is that like, because like Eve has Cain, and Adam's like, appears to be some sort of fish
1: <laughs> so he tries cuddling a fish the way she does Kane, and it doesn't work out very well
0: yeah i mean it's 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 amusing i assume this is also from the original twain story yes and, um, yeah but again I mean... yeah
1: they added some some uh jokes for under they added some visual jokes like how he's reading a newspaper and one of the articles in the newspaper is
0: people shortage yeah he's reading the prehistoric times um <laughs> Yeah, it is interesting how they really uh they they go for they make it kind of um uh you know you know cuz most Adam and Eve things it's like oh well obviously they're going to be wearing like skins and living in a cave and basically doing caveman type stuff but in this one they're kind of doing a kind of doing a um flight to canada type thing uh where it's it's everything is a little more modern times kind of stuck onto it cuz he's like, the one point where Adam goes out to look for, I guess, a, another person? More people? Yeah, he's, what is he?
1: Yeah, he, what he wants is to... He thinks that Cain would be happy if he found another bear or fish or whatever for him to play with. So he goes off with his cart with square wheels, not noticing that yeah. Eve is already pregnant again.
0: Yes. And when he comes back, he's got a, um, a bumper sticker on his butt that says... um oh god what does it say it's like big tree or something it's (laughs) was it the winchester mystery house (laughs) something like like that (laughs) mystery spot it's some oh no sea lion caves it's sea lion caves is what it says i've never been
1: there what's that
0: um it's if you go up the pacific coast highway it's basically this giant cave and they've they've got there's a little like shop at the top and you pay like $5 and you can walk down into the cave and look through some binoculars and see like a million sea lions just sitting around and barking. Cool. <laughs> it's it's kind of cool. It, it smells terrible. Cool. It's uh, really. It,
1: they're sea lions. I know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, just, you know, just, just letting you know, the kids know who might not realize that. So yeah, they all smell like fish, but, yeah. um, you know, you know cool. sea lions.
1: they used to catch sea lions and grind them up for dog food and around Is that. True. Uh, yeah, in Mark Twain's time, it did.
0: Wow, what a okay. Seems like a lot of effort to go through, but I don't know how hard it is to catch a sea lion. Uh,
1: apparently, there were enough of them that it was profitable.
0: And well, was, you know, and nobody
1: was uh, when well, nobody was looking at how many they were catching.
0: Yeah, well, that was the way it was, wasn't it? With uh, manifest destiny. Mm-hmm. Uh um well you know that's that's why we were like that's why back in those days we were like you know what let's just blast these passenger pigeons out of the sky why not
1: (laughs) um let's step on all these ugly pigeons and let our uh, let our pigs eat their eggs who's gonna miss them yeah
0: yeah oh simpler times (laughs) oh apparently that thylacine's not not real
1: Oh, no? Okay. Uh, That's what I
0: apparently, thought. Yeah, they're saying, like, apparently they're like, no, they saw, apparently they were like, no, it was a wallaby. It was a wallaby. Maybe,
1: a uh, wallaby? May, may,
0: maybe I should have kept it quiet till this was confirmed. <laughs> well, everyone's... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Everyone's Twitter's going to be sad tomorrow. Yeah. Well, uh, the good, well, the
1: good news is that you said that off uh, mic, so...
0: Oh, that's right. So, so no one will have any clue what I'm talking about right now. So anyway, they will have forgotten
1: it by now.
0: So, yes. Um, so anyway, so Adam and Eve there, what, what, why were we talking about? Oh, c Caves. He's got that like bumper sticker. So, um, yeah. So, uh, and then he comes back and, and they've got Abel now.
1: Yeah, and he's like, you know, I I spent three months looking for one of these things and she's caught another one without ever leaving the house. I never saw such luck. And
0: then they have, like, a whole bunch of kids.
1: Yeah, this is, this is, I think, true, that they didn't just have Cain and Abel and Seth. They had a whole, whole bunch of others, uh, which, I mean, makes sense because, I mean, they're the only source of people. I mean, uh, they're going to need sisters if they're going to continue the line.
0: Yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, that, that, this canonical, I believe. I do like though that when they 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 they're all at the table eating, and they're like, "Yeah, Abel's fine, but uh Cain is kind of a, he's kind of a troublemaker." <laughs> yeah. And he's like there with like a motorcycle and like a leather jacket, <laughs> kind of being a being a bad an apple and... with his switchblade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is uh pretty yeah. amusing.
1: Meanwhile, Abel is dressed in a Cub Scout uniform, and I think he's wearing a yarmulke. So. <laughs> a good boy he's a good boy Uh, now this is very different from how i imagined it would end up because i mean maybe i just maybe i'm you know i never went to sunday school i just read all every issue of the sandman but i assumed that eve never died and uh went to a cave in sorrow for all of the sins she brought on humanity
0: but this is a little different (laughs) um Yeah, I did go to Sunday school and I actually I they they never really talk much about Adam and Eve beyond, you know, making Cain and Abel. That was their their big thing. So I don't know if it's actually mentioned anywhere in the Bible what they do after that.
1: Yeah. yeah. But, you know, what we the next thing we get to see is uh, Adam and Eve, you know, as older as much older people with their children all grown and moved out. And uh, now the Bible says they live to be like 800, right? (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Sunday school, they were told, like, people lived longer in those days. And we were yeah. like, really? Why? Like, oh, uh, reasons. The The air was different, you know. That's why Jackson's chameleons got so big in those days. <laughs>
1: why? Is that their explanation for Triceratops?
0: Yeah. Well, it's because that was their thing. It's like you know they're like, well, you know, dinosaurs because the Jack's chameleon kind of looks like a Triceratops. It was really big. It'd be like a Triceratops. That's that's what explains dinosaurs. And it'd be like, can you explain like every other dinosaur? Then what 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 is what small thing is like a Brontosaurus? They're like, "Uh, oh, times class dismissed.
1: (laughs) I'm thinking of those like uh those mexican animals well, i don't even know i don't even know what they are they're chupacabras no no not mythical ones uh real ones that uh hang around they're like monkeys or something or or i don't know cat or calubris or something like that oh know. what, catamundis quatamundis yes i'm thinking Quantumundis? of quatamundis and how when they bend over they look just like little brontosauruses <laughs> Um, really large you know brontosauruses with their skulls on the ends of their tails.
0: You know, I mean, honestly, if, if you're going to be all like, uh, explain something away, like to make it boring, just just say it's a squid. Everything's a squid. Every cryptid is just a squid.
1: <laughs> they used to have a lot more bones.
0: Yeah, you know.
1: And then I mean, really big parrots came along and needed cuddle bones.
0: Yeah, that was, that was you know. But, uh, you know, the, 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 air was different after the flood and that's why things got teeny.
1: Why was the air different after the flood? What
0: did the flood do um, to the air? Well, 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 um, because the receding waters, moving water means more negative ions in the air. So negative ions would have made things smaller.
1: Okay. And what, how come there was never a rainbow before the flood? Did water just refract light differently? Uh,
0: Yes. <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, Class uh yeah. <laughs> to say, well, no, the real answer is, uh, Ethan, don't question God. <laughs> you will Too not late. test the Lord.
1: <laughs> I'm not testing the Lord. I'm testing you.
0: Oh well, you know, um, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I wasn't very, I wasn't very good in Sunday school. Uh.
1: Yeah, I, I've had your Sundays—not the best.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I try.
1: Look, I mean, I mean, it's cute, but the green cherries are meant for cocktails, not for on chocolate. But is that true?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I, yes, I mean, I guess most people probably wouldn't be mad if you put green cherries on a uh,
0: on a on a Sunday. But <laughs> wow. Got a lot to think about now. Anyway, so, (laughs) so, um,
1: Mark Twain. Mark Twain. We, so yeah, we get to see Adam and Eve dealing with the, you know, painful realization that they can't last forever. And one of them is probably going to go first. And both of them hope that they're going to be the one because they couldn't stand to be alone without the other. And, This is where there's this is a really nice scene where Adam looks in his diary and he finds this heart shaped leaf that he saved from the Garden of Eden and he and he gives it to her as like, well, it's a it's a Valentine. There, see, I can name things too. And after that nice little moment, we sort of pan out at Adam all alone and he writes in his book, wherever she was, there was Eden. I found myself tearing up here. This was very, very
0: powerful. Yeah, um, it's not. It's, it's, it's um, deep stuff, and it's not really what you would have expected going into a, a special about Mark Twain in a magic balloon, you know. Because, <laughs> uh, but but like I mean, uh, a lot of this is based on on Twain's own life and his own mm-hmm. his own pain, and uh, you know they actually do when they go back to the the balloon uh twain makes that connection explicit because he talks about um you know missing olivia i think her name was olivia yeah I forget yeah and... and they show a picture on the wall and you realize oh olivia looks just like eve and um adam does look a little bit like mark twain he yes. even have a mustache most of the time you didn't really notice
1: we we fade from Adam's face to Mark Twain's face, and you realize that it's been the same puppet the whole time. A little, well, well, maybe not quite the same puppet. Uh, this version of Adam, he looked more like like um, Jim Varney than anything else. But
0: yeah, that's true. Um, and his hair is a, his hair is a little different, you know. And I think his mustache is not quite the same mm-hmm. when he has a mustache toward the end. But you know. But it's a yes. uh, it is kind of an affecting mediation on loss, you know, and and, yeah. and that and is kind uh, of the
1: issue with this movie is that it's a children's movie about Mark Twain, who did not write for children. Yeah.
0: Well, this is this is a it's a it's a kids movie from a time when kids movies um, were a little more melancholy, and I feel like yeah. they they tended to deal with. Um, you know kids movies were to some degree about coming to terms with you know the world and the loss of innocence and growing up and um and and you know you're you're there's a certain age where you 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 are you have you have to confront these things you Mm -hmm. know you can't be a kid forever yeah Um, you've
1: i remember the uh i had Childhood is hell from the Life in Hell collection, and it had this whole thing about uh, you know you know your growing up checklist, and it included things like realizing that death is permanent, realizing that death happens to everybody, realizing that applies to you too.
0: Yeah, you know, um, and and it is a thing. It's like it it's every everyone goes through these stages. You know, it's coming eventually. You know that you and everyone that you love will eventually you know, shuffle off this mortal coil. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's something um, my
1: dad, something my dad said was like, you know, I've, I've got to make some plans. I am planning on dying in the next 30 years. And I said, (laughs) no, no, no. Oh, wait, you're 70. I guess I wouldn't
0: bet against it. What should I? (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's it's one of those things where like, um, you know, whenever my parents talk like that, I'm like, no, don't, what are you talking about? That's crazy talk. You'll live forever. I forbid you to die um but you know i mean that's the thing is like you know you can only be lucky for so long mm-hmm. until um you know even if uh it, it'll catch up with you and you know um and yep. you know i'm, I'm even I'm, the luckiest I'm,
1: person is subject to entropy
0: yeah i mean that's the thing is like we we're we we're talking earlier it's like I'm, I'm getting older myself and i'm feeling like i'm feeling t- time the snapping beast coming up and i mean I've i've been very lucky in my life i haven't had to deal with a lot of you know, a lot of pain, a lot of loss. Um, but yeah, that know, means it's all coming at once later on. Yeah, I oh mean, boy, we're, we're all on borrowed time, and the longer you live, the more you you feel that you, you more the more that becomes real to you. Um, and um, I feel like uh, you know, like there's a, a lot of I, I just feel like. I feel like uh, speaking of being an old geezer, I'm like, oh, kids' specials nowadays don't with like this sort of thing. It's all happy, happy, joy, joy. But I don't know that that's true. I don't watch a lot of the modern kids' stuff, but I do know that a lot of these older uh, kids' specials, I remember like not really liking a lot of them when I was a kid because they were depressing and and sad and didn't and left you with the weird feels. But mm. you know. Um, As an adult, it's like, uh, you know, it's like how you you can appreciate Charlie Brown specials a lot more with the benefit of uh, a few years of uh, experience.
1: Yeah, that's when you're as you know, as a kid, it's strange to realize that the things that are made for kids are never made by kids. Can you imagine if, you know, there was a something like this about coming to terms with death and it was made by, you know, age 18 and lower?
0: yeah it would um geez yeah it would just be the end like oh yeah then i did i beat death up now we're all gonna live forever
1: <laughs> uh, i don't know I think that's a i think that's a good uh a, a plot you could hang a
0: story on I beat death up i mean it's basically just the uh the soldier and death from uh yeah. <laughs> you know Jim henson the storyteller But, you know, you but as we know, in that, it was a bad thing because living forever turns out, uh, you know, it's cranked up to be. So um, that as well was kind of a a mediation on the necessity of all things ending eventually. Um, But, yeah, I just like to have a
1: choice in the matter.
0: Yeah. Well, it'd be like Mark Twain. Yeah. You can choose when your exit is. That's true. I Unfortunately, mean, it's, it's one of those things where you can hasten it, but it's harder to delay it.
1: Yeah. You know, if you if you with proper assistance, you could leave off at seven.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, that's one of those things is like I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, um, just, you know, put it off a little bit, hopefully. Mm-hmm. not not a, not in any uh, great great eager not greatly eager to get to that destination yeah. but um, I, mean,
1: hope- I mentioned i mentioned sad man before and i really do identify a lot with the character of hob gadling the man who's been alive since shakespeare's time and every hundred years or so he meets with dream and says uh are you ready to die yet no there's still so much more to see
0: yeah you know what that's that's the isn't that the worst part of dying there's so much stuff that we'll never get to see.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, we get to see all the, think of all the things that our friends who would never want to leave us behind. They have to, and they're going to have fun
0: and get over us. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. That's what I I was telling my wife, when I die, I want want to be taxidermied and stuck in the corner with looking all disapproving. She doesn't get any ideas about like, you know, anything. Um, but, man, you know, it's so funny because when you think about, like, the, especially now, now is a terrible time to die because things keep changing so much. You know, you really do miss out if you die now. Like, if you were, like, a medieval peasant the world you are born into and the world you die in, they're pretty much the same. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, it'll probably, you're like, oh, I'm ready to die because it's not like there's anything else that I haven't experienced yet. But nowadays you die and it's like, oh, great. Now they invented like, I don't know, uh, food pills or something. And I missed (laughs) it. Like a chump.
1: Yeah, I'm not dying until they invent the uh, balloon that uh, lets you visit all of your
0: own fictional worlds. Yeah, seriously. So, you know what? Get on that. Stop wasting time like, Trying to blast weird angular trucks into space, or whatever, <laughs> whatever stop they're trying, doing with science now. Stop trying know? to
1: fill the atmosphere with dust to block out the sun.
0: Yeah, it's like stop trying. Stop trying to make snowpiercer real,
1: <laughs> and stop covering Texas in fake snow that doesn't even burn. Oh wait, is the snow fake? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people think the snow is fake. A lot of like, damn, I can't believe this. Look, I'm holding a lighter up to it and I, and ash is building up on it. Can you believe it? The snow is fake. Now we're going to microwave it. See, it doesn't melt. Oh, it did melt, but it's still fake.
0: I can't believe snow is fake. This, this, you know what? You know what? You know who I bet's behind it? Uh, the,
1: oh, Jack Frost?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Being paid off by George Soros and big snow. George anyway. Snow Rose, exactly. Because <laughs> um, anyway, ah, Snow. Uh, so what else happens? We're we're getting to the end of Mark Twain, I think. Was yeah, we other? are. You know, this
1: is where you know, having heard the story of Adam and Eve, the kids finally understand that you know what the big reason that Twain wants to meet the comet is because he wants to see his wife again, and what this time and tom says it again this time twain is listening we don't we don't want to die we're not ready to go with you and twain says die i wasn't planning on you dying i'm giving you this ship
0: and well yeah (laughs) he he, could have saved a lot of like you said he could have saved a lot of time and uh heartache by establishing that earlier on but yeah you know because it's almost but.
1: no sooner than he says that that the alarm goes off and the axe smashes the master control unit, and yep. they are trapped in the den with no way, no way of escaping to uh, turn the power back on. Because there is an emergency button, but there's no way, but there's no way for them to get out there. The only one who can escape is Homer the Frog, whom. We saw briefly, hap- we actually saw this happen in the background a little bit. Huck has been training him to jump just like, uh, just like Daniel Webster, the frog from Calaveras County. And he gets, he gets Homer to actually jump really, really, really close to the button he was supposed to
0: push. Yeah. But just sit, and then just sit next to it because he is a frog. Yeah. So he doesn't really but- understand. And yeah. that's
1: when our mysterious alternate person that we haven't really seen, but he's got a mustache and a cigar. That's when he comes over and ashes over, uh, over Homer just enough to make him back up onto the button.
0: Yeah, which is so, a pretty good moment. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's also kind of, I think, the indication for the first indication to uh, kids watching that this this guy is not not a villain necessarily.
1: Yes. he's not a villain, um, but he's not. You know he's not necessarily your friend, but he's not trying to hurt you.
0: Yeah, but um, so they, um, uh, so then they they get out, right? I think they're yeah. They, at, they, like they find the they comet. get out,
1: but they've missed the comet, and they have to uh, they have to shed just about everything on board in order to catch up with it. So yeah. Yeah, they they end up pushing out all of the furniture and most of the writings, except for the mysterious stranger. Uh, Twain tells them to hang on to that
0: and hasn't been published yet.
1: Uh huh. So so and they managed to rise to the altitude of the comet, but they're still behind it. And meanwhile, the comet is dropping meteors behind it. And one of them punctures the balloon and uh, Tom has to use the uh, the pneumatic hand to sew it up. And that's when, and the other two man this awesome figurehead that they have that's like animated with a joystick so they can bat the meteors away. It's pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. And now comes this part that, you know, it would be nice if they'd explained this because I didn't understand it as a kid where they get inside the comet, but it's really foggy and they don't know how safe it is. So they get into this sort of steamboat call and response thing going on. Do you know about this? Um, isn't this like a thing that people do on riverboats? Yeah, on a riverboat, you have you generally don't know the depth of the river because it could be way too because it wait could be way too shallow to sail on, or it could be or it could be deep enough. So they had this regular sort of chant where people would uh, stick a pole down and they would call to the uh, to the navigator, you know, all these numbers like eight and a half feet, nine and a half feet, ten feet, half Twain, Mark Twain, and that's where the name comes from.
0: Wait, what? What? Yeah. So his name's not really Mark Twain. No, of
1: course, his name was in fact Samuel Clemens.
0: Oh yes. That's right. It was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, so he got it from he. So he he took it from the riverboat thing because he was yes. a riverboat pilot, as he tells us. Mm-hmm. Was he a riverboat pilot in real life too? Yes. Oh,
1: I believe. I mean, I know. He, yeah, no, I know that he sounds right. A, wrote on them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we're gonna get a lot of letters of people just being like, well, "I can't
1: believe mean- you didn't do any research about Mark Twain."
0: I was like, Look, "Yeah, I we know- did. We
1: watched this whole movie."
0: I'm mean, watch this whole movie for you Gee, my niece look I know what well, I know Mark Twain he's got a mustache he's got the cigar he says the funny he makes it the funny and he gets all sad because his wife's dead what else do you want from me this is fucking life story I looked up that his his kids died too it took a whole <laughs> to two to, took a whole like 20 seconds on Wikipedia I had but I, to, like
1: to, I like that your description of Mark Twain also matches Gretchen Mark's
0: Oh, yeah, it's true. Maybe they were the same person.
1: Wow. He might have been
0: a riverboat pilot, too, and I believe he lived at the same time, right? He was from the 1800s.
1: Wow. Marks Twain. Think about it. <laughs> Think about it. So they finally made it into the core of the comet, and this is where our mystery man finally reveals himself as the other Mark Twain. And... The white-suited Mark Twain explains that everybody has a dark side, and this is his. Uh, So he gives the kids a little bit of uh, final final advice, which the the dark-suited Twain riffs on. Uh, The one that sticks with me is that, you know, Rise early, for the early bird catches the worm. And the black-suited one says, I knew a man who tried it once, got up at dawn, horse bit him. That is exactly what you're talking about when you're talking about this is the kind of random shit that uh, Mark Twain says in fiction
0: yeah, it's like oh okay All right a horse beam, okay a horse beam, I, yes I guess you could say as a as a uh, as a bird is to a worm, so is a horse to a man <laughs> a don't... horse is' a, is a natural predator that that eats men at dawn, so yeah okay. <laughs> Sure, um, I just like the idea
1: to... that he heard, that the horse heard the alarm and went in to bite him because it was angry. But...
0: Yeah, well, you know, if I was a horse, I I would. I, that's very relatable. I too, I too, you know what? My my favorite, my favorite uh, French new wave cinematic experience: horse bites man. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, man bites horse. It should be man bites horse. Um. Anyway, so. so Yes. So th- once then, they've gotten
1: their big their big thing, uh, the two Twains step together, uh, form one person in a d- in a two toned suit, and vanish. But not far because now his face appears in the vapors of the comet.
0: Wait a second! I just realized something. There's two guys, and you might say, "The Twain shall they meet." Oh
1: would you say that before the two of them had been cleft in twain
0: yeah man there's just layers in this <laughs> anyway so, so yeah he's in the comet now yeah. mark twain is he, a comet
1: yes he's become part of the comet it's like big fish and the so and he tells the kids the kids ask so where's the uh, where's the comet going now and he says to eden as Really? Is that where it goes every 75 years? Okay. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not. And he assures them that they in the in the balloon will circle the earth many times. It's like okay, what does this mean? Is this like the immortal immortality of being a classic that the kids will never die because they're part of his body of work that will be circulated forever? Or are they literally circling the earth in the balloon to this day?
0: Yeah, they never returned. No, they well, never returned. Their fate is still unlearned. You know,
1: the first thing we see is the balloon going through space, empty. So, oh. do you think the you know you think the kids' bones are up on the deck somewhere? Well, and then the story did... starts over again as the book opens.
0: They did say. From... Um, that apparently they published the story. They published the adventures of Mark Twain because Huck Finn wrote it, or so. Yes. Presumably they somehow got that thing published. So and, I guess they came yes. back,
1: and we and we skipped the whole Nort joke because that never got funny.
0: Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Tom Tom Finn was never Tom Hanks. Tom. Oh, oh my God. Tom Hanks and heart. Huckleberry
1: Hound. Tom are...
0: Hanks and Huckleberry Hound could not pronounce the word arrow knot. So Becky Thatcher, who was in this, I don't think we mentioned her in this second episode on this. Yes. Um she was the one who kept correcting them because Because girls. Yeah. God. Because
1: girls, I mean they, they know big words. Jeez. I guess
0: know, they got to use the,
1: simple words like warf.
0: You know, I'm just saying, well, you know, it's like uh, girls are always like, oh, always these uppity bitches, you know, <laughs> but anyway, um, I guess that, that they, um, return to earth or something. I don't know. they they still got that thing, that thing flying around like the, the, yeah. Yeah. Like, the, t- yeah. like a
1: thing, the, a thing that flies around. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, like, I'm no I Mark Twain. Like the... I can't describe things.
0: Yeah, they're gonna say like you know the the testament of the Pentatarch or whatever that stupid thing is. Well, um, I, I get,
1: like like the head of Unicron. There we go.
0: There we go. And, there we go. Instead, and... yeah, that's that's instead of we instead of referencing things. What I like how every time I have a reference, I'm like yeah, I'm gonna reference a thing that even I don't know what it is. So I'm just gonna like make up the words <laughs> that sound vaguely like the thing and, and, and hope that someone listening will know. Yeah, you know, everyone at home the Pentatark of the the, the Yes. The Tarkus. I don't know. It's hey, a if you're thing. listening,
1: you know, we are open to corrections. We will we will cite you on our next episode.
0: Yeah. No, well Ethan will. Never correct me though. <laughs> um anyway, but uh so I guess that's the end of Mark Tw- that's the end of Mark Twain. He's dead. Like, yeah, um, he's dead. He's he's what, dead and what, he
1: likes it that way.
0: What have we learned about about Mark Twain, but also uh, about life from well, The Adventures of Mark Twain.
1: Well, I've learned that something else was happening in Mark in Mark Twain history at the same time as this. Uh, like I said, there is a very vague connection between Mark Twain and comic strips, but it's a doozy because there is there is in fact a Mark Twain journal that is still in publication, I think, Yes. Hmm. Uh, And for in 1983 or so, they had a regular cartoonist who would do cartoons of the, of uh, quotations from Mark Twain. This cartoonist, a little fellow you might have heard of by the name of Bill Watterson.
0: What? You mean the Calvin and Hobbes guy?
1: The Calvin and Hobbes guy. One of his first cartooning jobs was do- as the regular doing regular freelance work for the Mark Twain
0: Journal. Wow, huh? Um, I guess this is what he was doing instead of Robot Man. Yeah. <laughs> wow, can- that is a doozy. Um, yeah.
1: And if you look at one of these cartoons, you can see what is clearly the prototype version of Calvin from when he had his bangs over his eyes. Did he draw Huck Finn as Calvin? No, he no, he's drawing like a this. It's an illustration from an article called "Tom Sawyer's Gang as Social Ritual: Implications for Modern Social Organization," and it depicts a it depicts Tom Sawyer as like a CEO who is laying out this graph to a long table of uh, employees and he's, and it says Sawyer corporation projected robberies and murders. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I think you oh. would have to read the actual article to know it, understand. But
0: Yeah. I do see uh, what you're saying. Yeah, Calvin is there in the back and he's even got the same shirt. Yep. Man. Um, that's very interesting. He's definitely um he, he's it's funny because looking at these, it's like, yeah, I guess if you're illustrating for the, the Mark Twain um, Gazette or whatever this is, yeah. You just end up drawing Mark Twain a lot. Because there are a yep. lot of Mark Twains. And um, you know.
1: Mark Twain is you know, he is a very recognizable man to draw, but as as Scott McLeod pointed out, some people you know, it's a it's a mark of distinction among cartoonists. If you can draw Mark Twain and not have people think it's Albert Einstein.
0: Yeah, well, that's why you give him a cigar. <laughs> you know, as a...
1: recently as 2019, you could get a mouse pad from the Mark Twain Journal featuring an image by Bill Watterson.
0: Oh, wow. That's interesting. I would like a mouse pad of this one where uh, he's got that little platypus bringing him a uh, boomerang. That's adorable. That is very cute. Apparently it's because Mark Twain had difficulty finding a rhyme for Boomerang, but he did have, instead he uh, rhymed the scientific name for Platypus, which was, so he called Australia Land of the Ornithorhynchus, Ornithorhynchus. Land of the kangaroo, Old Ties of Heredity, Linkus. (laughs) (coughs) That's right, Thori Rinkus, as, as I should have known from Dot and the Kangaroo, because they do mention <laughs> that as well. They have a whole song about it, uh, when which they also teach us that uh, the platypus is actually a mammal. Oh, no way! Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, is you wouldn't think it, because if you look at a platypus, it's got like a like a duck bill, so you wouldn't think it's a mammal, but and it lays eggs, right?
1: Yeah, but I mean, the echidna is a mammal and it doesn't have a duck bill. Who am I supposed to believe?
0: Yeah. Well, get this. It turns out, it turns out the key is that it gives milk. That's Mm. how you, that is what makes a mammal because mammal refers to mammary glands. Oh, okay. So pigeons are mammals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because they have breasts. Yes. Because they have
1: breasts and they give milk to their babies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pigeons. Everyone's, you
1: know, pigeon milk. Yeah. And because uh, everyone knows pigeons are really just rats with wings.
0: It all fits. Together. Well, yeah, yeah. See, see, I mean, we should start a science podcast because clearly, <laughs> you know, Um but no, that's, that's true. Um al- Also though, I just realized that, uh, wait, except that platypuses don't have mammary glands actually.
1: Uh, they just, yeah, they just, they just sort of leak milk out of their skin.
0: Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. I don't know. i Someone this is, I, I someone should have consulted me on that one, because that's just a dumb yeah. way to build an animal. I feel like so the plot, Mark Twain's God is just going like, oops, oh, whoop, all right. <laughs> no,
1: don't worry. I'll make up for it when I design those three-headed creatures.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, uh, anything else you should say about Mark Twain?
1: Well, I love this movie. It's... Uh, it has I think it has aged remarkably well for something as weird and
0: unmarketable as it is. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Uh, this was um, it w- it was a lot of fun. it's it's different. It keeps your interest, you know. Um, and it, it's definitely yeah, like you said, it, it aged a lot better than a lot of um, things of that time period.
1: Yes. Uh, Here's a story. A long time ago in the 80s, I was a little boy, and my brother was into playing tabletop role-playing games, and one day he was going with his friends to play games, but uh, I couldn't stay home with my parents for whatever reason. So I ended up going with him, and his friend's mom set me up in their living room, and I had rented some Blockbuster videos. And the... First blockbuster. See, this is how TV worked in the in the past: was that you had to go to a store physically and rent a big blocky, boxy movie on a tape that could break at any time, and you'd have to pay for it. We live in a much better world, so I'm glad I didn't die before now.
0: But yeah, you would have missed but, out on. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I would
1: have missed out <laughs> on Disney Plus. <laughs> but, but the two videos that I rented were. The Adventures of Mark Twain, and Big Top Pee-wee. Now, Jeez. it was, I think, about 20 minutes into Big Top Pee-wee. I turned it off and just watched this.
0: <laughs> yeah, Big Top Pee-wee is uh, remarkably boring. Yeah, Big Top Pee-wee is the,
1: not a good follow-up to Pee-wee's Big Adventure.
0: <sighs> yeah, man, it's it's rough stuff. I remember watching it once, and just, uh, it's like, why? What, what is... What is, why is Pee-Wee what, what being is, an asshole to everyone in the store?
1: Why Why is he getting married?
0: What is going on yeah. here? Why Why is he suddenly living in this town of old people? <laughs> what, is, what, is, what is going on? Uh, this, is, this is not the Pee-Wee that I know and love.
1: Yes. Do you think it would be better if it were Claymation?
0: Uh, it wouldn't be worse.
1: No, that's true. I mean, you could... So a lot of the... Uh, you know fantasy stuff like the adults turning into kids and the the tiny person dressed up as a needle that would look better but
0: uh yeah yeah uh anyway but, so yeah, yeah don't anyway. so do not bother renting peewee's uh big top His big his top pee-wee, peewee yeah big top peewee I,
1: did you see any of the either of the pee-wee movies made for netflix i haven't
0: I saw the one where the one where he wants to date that man, the, the football man, I think, or who is that I, guy?
1: I, huh. I don't know what you're talking about. So uh, Clay Aiken must... or Troy Aiken, Aiken
0: invites him to his birthday party and he, he has to go cross country to, like, see him. Huh. I no, think that's I haven't what seen happened. that one. Huh. It's like, it's, it's, um. It's actually really good. I actually really enjoyed it. it um, better than Big it, Top
1: Pee-wee? Good. Oh, way better.
0: It, it, <laughs> it, it actually captured the style and the feel of uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure fairly well. Um, wow. I mean, I shouldn't say that, like, you know, Pee-wee wanted to date this guy because, of course, it's, you know, all subtext. But, I mean, yeah, come on. It's yes. kind of about I mean, it's, well, if, it's if obvious. it's you ever watched... If you've ever
1: watched Pee-wee's Playhouse, it's all it's all subtext too. I mean, they yeah, yeah. they specific they actually make jokes like, "Is that a wrench in your pocket?"
0: Why well, is it I mean, a wrench in my pocket? <laughs> the subtext is is where things it's it's where things should be because it makes you feel smart for figuring it out, you know. Because yeah. I can watch it. Because if it wasn't subtext, I'd be like, "Oh, it's uh, Pee-wee's dating a guy." Okay, but if it is subtext, I'd be like, "Aha! I'm smoking on my Sherlock Holmes pipe," and I'm like, "You see." You see, when Pee-Wee says that he wants to date this, this guy, that means that they're an item. Because <laughs> I use, what we like to call in the business, inductive reasoning. You see, Wait, we
1: could have that science podcast.
0: That's right. We're, we're like, uh, yeah. So anyway. Um, so yeah, stay know, tuned
1: for our, our upcoming science podcast. We didn't do any research. What's this?
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I think people will find it relatable. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so that's that's it for Mark Twain. Mark Twain.